Hey kids, it's time for Surf Shorts! Welcome to the Surf Shorts Podcast, an innovator in modern storytelling, looking towards the future, using business terms like radical, off the lip, caught inside and totally tubular. Surf Shorts, the storytelling podcast, recorded on VHS then downloaded to cassette for maximum audio quality. It's totally radical. Hey everyone, as most of you know, this episode is brought to you by Outer Banks Hammocks, obxhammocks.com, handmade in the USA, two-year guarantee. They've been doing it since 1971. And when you think of OBX hammocks, don't just think of hammocks, think of swings and chairs, stands, accessories, and outdoor furniture. obxhammocks.com has Outer Banks aluminum and resin wicker furniture, three birds casual teak, Pauly's Island Durawood, and Summer Classic. You can click on obxhammocks.com to find out more about their high-quality hammocks and outdoor furniture. Outer Banks Hammocks for the ultimate lay. Off the lip. Radical. Tom Curran. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. I wanted to let you know that this show was recorded last August inside of a camper which was floating on a ferry. I mentioned that in the episode, but I just wanted to drive it home. The background noise that you hear is the sound of the ocean and the big motor on the ferry and all the things that go along with traveling across the Outer Banks in the summertime. Enjoy the show. Surf Shorts Podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Surf Shorts. I'm here with Toby. And just to fill you in on this, we are on the Ocracoke to Cedar Island Ferry right now. So if you hear a big diesel engine in the background, that is uh, the ferry running. Toby, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Yeah, you know, we uh, always pester people about doing the podcast, and I just ran into you in your van full of surfboards waiting for the ferry, uh-huh. and yeah. uh, you're down here from Ohio, right? Yeah, yeah, Columbus, Ohio. Another funny thing we just found out right before we started recording was that uh, we're both physics teachers yep. in our spare time, when we're not professionally surfing, Yeah, in our spare time... <laughs> We are physics teachers. That's the best stuff, though. I love it. Yeah, it is good. So you're from Ohio? I am. I was born and raised in Lima, Ohio, which is about two hours south of Toledo. So it's definitely not a surf town. Yeah, not, not not a lot of coastline there. No, sir. It's pretty flat. It's a good place to grow up as a kid. I yeah, rode my oh bike yeah. everywhere, played lots of sports, got a great education, but it's a good t- a good town to get out of, too, at least for a little while. Yeah, for sure. I guarantee a lot of people listen to this yeah. are surfers like us that grew up and felt like they had to get to the beach mm-hmm. at some point in their life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So anyway, that's kind of where my story begins. All right, so senior year, 1988, in high school, spring, I'm in an economics class. Okay, and I think it was like an elective, so it had kind of a sweat hog vibe in it. You know, it wasn't a really, you know, academically rigorous class. And my buddy Rocky had a a surfer mag, and I'd never seen a surfer mag. And there might only be one place in the whole town where you could pick up a a sort of niche magazine like that in in Lima, Ohio. Yeah. So I'm leafing through this thing in class, and. And I was just blown away by the waves, like the the, the photography. And oh yeah, 
the colors of the waves. Especially uh, before and before the internet and before kids were inundated, yeah. like yeah. the surf magazines were, that's how you got it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I I know exactly what you mean. I remember being young and opening up this magazine. Like, what is, this is incredible. Yeah, it's like a whole. This could be another universe. I just do not know anything about this, but mm-hmm. I remember. I specifically remember a photo of of, of Aki in in a bright yellow shorty wetsuit, just like lacerating something. It's like what in the world? It's like anyway. So I guess that would be the seed. Yeah, for All sure. Right. Fast forward like four years or so, I'm living with my, my childhood friend, Ron, at High State, and we're both about to graduate from undergrad, and uh, he had interned for Entergy in Virginia Beach. Okay. Anyway, and so he made some friends there, and one of them must have come on some hard times or broke up with a girlfriend or something like that. So he packed all of his worldly belongings up in this little Mazda and drove to Ohio and, and crashed on our couch for a couple of months. But inside that Mazda was like a 6.0 WRV. Right. And, oh, yeah. And it had a fairly big outline and, and, and plenty of foam in it, as I remember, but it was mm-hmm. a single fin. So this, wait, so this would be like a 90, this would be like 92. Yeah, early, mid, early mid-90s. All right. Early so, mid-90s. yeah, early mid-90s WRV. I'm going to, ah, what was that guy's name? Uh, they had a shaper. I'm trying to remember who would have shaped that board. There was one guy I saw a lot of WRVs from. Maybe it was, was it Tim Moore or I'm embarrassed. I, sometimes well, I can come up with this odd information off the top of my head. Do you know who shaped it? I don't, no. So that's the first minor sin. I have a bigger sin coming. <laughs> so he goes back to Virginia Beach, and for whatever reason, he can't put it back into his car. And he doesn't try to improvise like a, a, a soft track or anything, mm-hmm. and so he leaves it. My buddy nice. Ron graduates, goes to Jackson, Mississippi for a job, and I'm the last guy in the apartment, so I basically inherit this board. And this is early, you know, I'm young, and so these are like my salad days. I don't have any money. Yeah. And so it basically became part of my improvised furniture regime as a coffee table <laughs> or, 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 you know, whatever, shelf, shelving unit. Yeah, if you have enough wax on there, you know, your coffee cup will not slide It'll off. It'll stay on there. My stereo stayed on there. And when I... uh I met my wife. Her family liked to vacation in Emerald Isle. Right. So when I drove there in 1998, I brought that board with me. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 10 years have gone by since that magazine. All right. Mm-hmm. And I proposed to her there, and she you know, said yes and all that. But that was the first time I ever paddled out. I paddled out on that board. And I couldn't believe, it, with all the sports I played and everything like that, how ill-prepared I was to be able just to paddle through waves. And then even when I got out, just sitting on that thing was just like... What? Yeah. Working so hard. Just what, yeah. What a terrible first choice. You know, like you're <laughs> you're fully grown by this point. Yeah, and it's a six zero. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it, it was about as around about my height, or maybe a little, a little more, whatever. But it was not an easy board to paddle out on. So the next year we went back to vacation. Here's my big surf sin. I sold it for a bick. No, that's not. Look, if, if you can't write it, right? So uh, I don't. I don't I think that's a sin. But the the Bic, you know, Bic's time is done. Yeah. Unless you're just a straight up rental board company. But I do remember. You know, I used to rent surfboards out of a little surf shop. Some uh-huh. back in the nineties. Yeah. And the Bics were where it was at because, sure. you know. Someone might limp back to you with a broken leg or their child has a concussion, but your board doesn't have a team. Yeah, very durable. <laughs> very durable. Well, anyway, it did its job. I caught my first wave at the Bogan Pier. And nice. you know how you go to the beach. It's pretty noisy. Waves are breaking and stuff like that. 
But once you get outside the waves, which I was able to do this time and sit <laughs> on the board, uh, it's really pretty quiet. It and is. And that's the thing that, that I remember the very first wave. I caught that and it, it was like so quiet. It's all just the water coming off the edge of the board. That's all I could basically hear. And I'm sure I just drew, I wrote it like straight line into the beach. Fred Flintstone straight to the beach. Sure. But it's like, that was it. That was it. I, I was hooked. And so when I went back to Ohio, I was like, I got to figure out a way to incorporate this. I got to be able to do this more. And so for the last 22 years, that is what I've been doing is, is just figuring out how to score waves in Lake Erie and Lake Michigan. And along the way, I've just gotten wrapped up in the whole culture of surfing sure. and, and the, the history and the people and the science, the meteorology, because I, I, I couldn't do this 25 years ago or mm-hmm. 30 years ago. I have to have Internet and all the all the weather service oh, tools sure. and, and, and surfline even not not for the Great Lakes. But I mean, just you need that information, especially when you're dealing with swells that are really short, you know, really six hours. <laughs> That's all oh, you got. Yeah. Oh so. yeah, and, and but you know what? Things are so much easier now. Like in the early '90s, mm-hmm. you had to actually study and understand low pressure systems. There wasn't you, a surf forecast of any way, shape, or form. Uh-huh. You would watch the yeah. weather, you know. And now I, I'll flip on my phone. I'll look at Magic Seaweed, uh-huh. and like there's someone with a pretty good idea of what's supposed to happen. Right. Which right. is which is awesome. Uh-huh. So now you when I, when I talked to you, you had. A van full of surfboards, and yeah. you said you shaped them now. So you went yeah. from, yeah. And I, I, I just remember this WRV guy's Tommy Moore. That's who Tommy probably Moore. shaped that board. The one you gave away for a bit or yeah. sold for a bit. I sold for a bit. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so you went from this being in Ohio, yeah. And then you got the bic, you get your first ride, yeah. And then now you're shaping boards. Yeah. That, well, that that didn't happen right away. Sure. Like, oh, yeah. it, it, my first board was in 2011. And I, you know, I just shaped it for me, and and that's a whole other thing. It's like you, you can do this for the rest of your life. You know, there's mm-hmm. so much. It's so rich, and that's part of what I really like. I like I like figuring it all out, and there's so much there. I mean, the, you know, they they tell you to to like start really simple, go with a really basic board, clear mm-hmm. la- glass jobs. Like no way. My whole my whole philosophy was like I'm going to do as much as I can on a single board so that I can learn as much. You know what I mean? Right. So I did pin lines. I did a resin tint, the whole deal. And um, that's how I learned. And so I'd say that uh, the whole thing, I think glassing is the trickiest part. You really got to have your stuff dialed in to do that well. Oh, yeah. There's um, a lot of chemistry. Yeah. You got into temperature. You, things got to be measured outright. You mm-hmm. can't have any dust laying around. Things got to be clean. Humidity. And then you got to execute. You I'm assuming you were doing polyester. I don't do. I've only done only. I've done one polyester. Everything oh. else has been epoxy. Oh yeah, that and that that is more difficult. Like epoxy is is right or wrong. A lot of polyester will eventually it's going to go off. Mm-hmm, yeah, epoxy if it's wrong, you can touch it a month later. It still hasn't gone off. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Oh god. I know. So yeah, yeah, and it's taken me places. I've been to Mexico a few times. Travel. There's so many places I'd love to go. I want to be like a vampire, so I could live a thousand years or something like that. Yeah, oh, <laughs> me too. To go all the places. Yeah. So 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 to wrap it up. Yeah. You you're you're in Ohio. Uh-huh. You end up inadvertently looking at a surf magazine, mm-hmm. and that surf opens magazine. your world. Yeah. You get this free board delivered to you from Virginia Beach. Yeah. You start surfing. I owe that guy, too. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. You start surfing, and then you know the world's opened up to you, and then I meet you. Uh-huh. We're on the ferry. Yeah. You're traveling with a van full of boards that you shape, uh-huh. and your sons yeah. who surf. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they but, surf, but and they, they would surf, never yeah. do it. They'd never and, done it if I hadn't. And you've given yeah. it to them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's pretty cool. It's, it's it's a lot of fun being out in the water with your family. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, thank you. Uh-huh. Great to meet you, and thanks for being on Surf Shorts. Oh, thank you. Record on VHS and download it to cassette for maximum audio quality. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. Got a couple show notes there from my conversation with Toby. First of all, if you want to see Toby's surfboards that he shapes, he is on Instagram at HawkRidesDirt. At HawkRidesDirt on Instagram. Remember, he's a BMX guy. If you want to check out some of his BMX pictures or his surfboards also, I'll have them available on our website, www.surfshortspodcast.com. And here's some show notes. All right. First of all, I said that that WRV was probably a Tommy Moore. And I feel pretty good about that, considering the era of the surfboard. Obviously, we know that Bob White was a WRV, early Virginia Beach shaper, area guy. Most of the surfboards after that are Frierson, obviously Frierson, and there could have been some Marty Kiesecker boards in there, but I'm guessing it's Tommy Moore, and I'm going to stick with that. Also, want you to know, if you check out on the show, we'll have some pictures of the camper sitting on the ferry, so you can sort of understand the environment, if you'll check that out on the, on the webpage how this was recorded, or if you don't know anything about the Outer Banks or North Carolina, it'll give you a nice visual of what it's like. It's a beautiful place. The last thing I want to say is we talked about Toby renting that big surfboard, and I've got a big surfboard story for you. Here we go. When I was young and in my 20s, I went out to California. I didn't have a surfboard with me. I don't know what I was doing at the time, but somehow I was out there without a surfboard and I stopped in a little shop there at Rencon, and all they had to rent were Bic surfboards. And I was like, I don't care. I've got a couple hours. I'll just take this Bic out there. You know how Rencon is. It was, there was waves. and wasn't the best waves. wasn't the worst. It was peeling off like a point break. It was super crowded, and I went off, and I just set off on the end, and I grabbed a couple waves. And then the last one, I said, I'm going to milk this bad boy. I'm going to milk it all the way in. And I rode it around the point, had a nice little ride, got in on my belly, started to come up to the beach, and began to just smash myself upon the rocks. At that point, I realized, hey, this is why they only rent big surfboards. Everybody have a great day. Thank you for listening to Surf Shorts. If you want to contact me on Instagram, at Surf Shorts Podcast. Of course, we're on Facebook. Of course, we're on TikTok. Have a great, great week.